Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast, the podcast where we delve into the world of inspiration, motivation, and creativity. My name is Tomo, and I'm thrilled to be your host. In this show, we will explore the brief but powerful moments that spark creativity, drive motivation, and bring joy to our lives. From successful entrepreneurs to everyday people, we'll hear inspiring stories and perspectives on how to cultivate positivity and achieve personal development. So whether you're looking for a boost of energy in the morning, or a shot of inspiration in the middle of your day, or a reminder of what's possible, tune in to the Powerhouse Podcast and let's ignite the fire and turn our dreams into reality. Welcome, beautiful people, and uh, yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, today, I have a fantastic guest that I would love to introduce to you and a conversation that, uh, well, I'll be, let's put it this way, it'll most likely be fun and, and hopefully very interesting. So um, before I, I, I start off, uh, you know, and we, we get into it, let me first tell you a little bit about the person who's coming on the show uh, today. So the person I will be talking today and uh, who's going to share uh, on, you know, all kinds of stories with you, uh, her name is Fatih. Uh, and Fatih is basically somebody I uh, met a couple of years ago and we started working together uh, on, you know, coaching, uh, communities, things like that. Uh, and uh, throughout time, I, I happened to meet her in person the first time actually this very year. And well, I must say uh, she's a badass. And not only because she uh, obviously has been hosting, you know, uh, podcasts like uh, she has her own podcast called An Honest Look, where she takes an honest look at, you know, the stuff that does require an honest look. She has a YouTube channel, uh, but she's also, I mean, in my opinion, at least when I met her the first time, I felt like, okay, this is probably the reason why everybody's go trying to go to New York all the time, because she is there. Yeah. And she not only hosts meetups, uh, but uh, I mean... She just knows the scene. So uh, if you ever happen to be, uh, you know, somewhere close by, you have to hit her up. And, um, you know, apart from that, uh, apart from that, she's obviously also a coach. She has been a designer. She's had her own uh, company before where she actually, you know, uh, ran uh, brands and, and sold a bunch of things uh, on that. And to be fair, on that one, uh, she has actually that skill, which I am lacking very much. Uh, but today's session is not about that. Today's session will be more about her story and, and uh, you know, what, what brought her uh, where she is today, because she's also uh, been coaching people for quite a while. Uh, and, uh, well, to put it this way, more unusual than other coaches that I've seen. Uh, so I'd love to bring you uh, that kind of conversation today. And uh, let's see where it takes us. Fatih, welcome to the show. Thank you, Thomas. So nice to be here with you. Uh, well, you know, Fatih, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, uh, just to to get an understanding of of uh, where you're from, where you, where you where you started, you know, life, and uh, where it led you, and where you're right now. How long do we have? Just go for it. I mean, if it goes too crazy, <laughs> I'll probably just step in. And I'll be like, just "Who told me to shut so, up?" Yeah, um, but I think yeah. We're okay. So I'm gonna make it as quick as possible. I was born in Iran. I was raised in Italy, and I've been in New York City for 22 years. So I lived in three different continents. Um, the first years of my life were in Iran during a civil war, and a war with Iran and Iraq was quite traumatizing. We ended up moving to Italy because my mom is Italian. I'm half and half. And, and I was raised there. And then when I was in, in, and it was really amazing to grow up in Italy. I have really fond, fun memories of growing up with my Vespa and running around with my friends and all sorts of stories that when I look back, 
I kind of missed them. Um, but then when I was in my 20s, I decided to just change my life radically because I'm studying political science and I wasn't very interested in it. So it's just kind of, um, I wanted some space to, to figure out what I, what I really wanted. And at the time, the European Union had just happened. And in spite of studying English for many years in school, I couldn't speak a word. So <laughs> I decided to come to the US to learn English. And I, I learned English. <laughs> <laughs> I accomplished my goal. I definitely learned English. And during the years that the first year, year and a half that I was here, I ended up meeting someone that then became my husband. And that's why I ended up staying. And, you know, there were many adventures after that. Uh, that's a very early background. I don't know how far you want me to keep going. There's many stories after that. Um, but yeah, so I ended up meeting him. We were together for seven years. He unfortunately ended up dying of cancer at a very early age so that was a very difficult and pivotal moment of my life and just navigating not all of that but also the healthcare system in the u.s and uh, it was very layered it was very very layered and and i would say that that was when i really started to look at like you know work in a different way because I had no choice, right? I was going through a lot. I was grieving. I had a lot of feelings about what had just happened. And, you know, what I missed to say was that I also lost my dad when I was eight years old, shortly after moving to Italy. So loss wasn't new to me, but it was something um, that, you know, definitely got a little re-triggered when my husband died. So I went through some pretty dark years. Uh, while I was working on moving past this, you know, really difficult experience. And in those years, I ended up doing different types of therapy and different types of treatment. Uh, it was the first time that I was exposed to group uh, therapies uh, through bereavement groups. It was the first time that I did EMDR because I had some PTSD attached to what had just happened. And, and then I ended up seeing the, the same therapist for many, many years. And, and I always say I wouldn't be the coach that I am today without her because she just modeled that for me for a decade, right? So I kind of learned from her even how to speak to, you know, to my clients now, how to create a safe container, how to make someone feel seen and comfortable. So I always say I came into coaching it was something that I just decided to enter out of nowhere. But really, when I started doing it, I was like, oh, how do I know all this stuff? And I realized by looking back that I did because I'd been exposed to it, right? Mm. Um, yeah, and then in those years, I was also um, graduating from FIT, fashion design here in New York. Mm. I went on to work for a few years as a designer, was not in love with the industry, to put it lightly. Mm. Uh, I always loved the creative aspect of it. I love to be, to just create new things, you know, like I'm, I'm a very creative person, but it was great in school. And then once I entered the business, it was a completely different reality. And I did it for a few years, but I was, I was never like fully happy with it. And then, you know, I went on, I met someone else who became my second husband. 
we ha- ended up having two kids together that I still have. <laughs> and, um, and I took some time off from design during um, when my kids were very little, just because I really didn't love it. And I didn't want to sacrifice the time with my kids for something that I really honestly didn't love. So I ended up taking a break, but then um, sometime later, actually after the 2016 election, when Trump was elected, I had a very strong reaction to that. And I ended up creating a whole brand of t-shirts that had like a political social activist theme to it. And I worked on that for like three or four years. And that took me to 2000. 19, the end of 2019, when my husband and I started um, the process of separation and then got into, uh, you know, we we started, our divorce started. And at the end of that year of 2019, I, because I found myself now with two kids by myself, so currently I'm a single mom and I'm raising my kids full time by myself. But at the time, I also had this e-commerce and I had the kids and I had the divorce that started. It just, I pushed and pushed and pushed for a while, but I ended up like getting to a point that I couldn't juggle it anymore. And that was a few months before that, actually. I always say I was able to make a decision to put it on hold because I had started doing some hypnotherapy right before that and some, you know, a little more involved self-development stuff. And I came to the conclusion that I really needed to put myself into a, you know, better, healthier place to be there, to be able to be there for my kids. So I put this business on hold in December of 2019. And it was supposed to be for a couple months. And as I was getting ready to get back on this business, New York City went into a lockdown with COVID. (laughs) So that was pretty much became a more permanent break that I was taking from it because now we were not only locked inside, but I was also homeschooling my kids and I just, there was really no space or time for it. And right at that time, I started getting exposed to some coaching as well. I have a really good friend who's an NLP trainer and she, you know, her and I talked a lot and she was like, you will be a coach. You have all this knowledge. You read all these books, you know, like you're doing all this work on yourself. Why don't you give it a try? And I was kind of against it. It's kind of against it. But then I ended up doing this NLP course with her and I liked it, but it felt a little, I felt like I needed to find out more and see if I really, really liked it. And that's how I came across ever coach and you know ended up meeting all of you guys and I I just I'm the type of person that just throws herself into things a thousand percent so it was like everywhere <laughs> I was coaching everyone and yeah and I just really started getting deep into it and not only that what I got from it was I had this amazing support system all of a sudden right So not only I was learning life-changing skills, but I was also meeting incredible people, including yourself. I know we didn't meet in person until, you know, like very recently, but throughout those months were very difficult months for everyone. What really kept me afloat was to have that community, 
to have these people around me that were there for me that I could just come on and you know get like refocused and see the things that I couldn't see on my own and it ended up really changing my life so you know I would say it was really a combination of very different things and very different factors that came into play it was almost like I was destined to do this you know because for a long time, for that first entire year, I could not call myself coach. Like, I, I was a designer. Like, I couldn't let go of that identity. There was a lot of grieving with that, too, because I had worked my butt off for a long time, right? Mm. Um, and I couldn't see myself doing anything else, even if I was doing, already doing something else, right? So I went through my own process with that too, and like shifting my life completely the direction of my career. And, and then I realized, you know, I don't really have to choose, honestly. Like I can take the parts that I love about, you know, design work and apply them to my business today. And I can also just design things for myself. Mm. Um, so that's actually something I'm working on right now to bring that back into my life a little bit more that that really creative um the creative work where i just like create things from scratch mm -hmm. um so yeah so that's something Beautiful. i'm working on but yeah i've been um i've been coaching since since then and it's one of the most rewarding things i've ever pursued in my life and you know and somehow in a very nonchalant not really trying to be on a podcast way <laughs> ended up having a podcast like it was like the easiest I do not want a podcast um I'm sorry but we just started a podcast with you <laughs> yeah well basically no. I mean it basically became you know like my co-host was like we were kind of like planting seeds for each other because like, we're meeting and we're having this conversation it was like we should record them and then he went and set it up he's like just show up on Wednesday, 4 p.m. your time. It's going to be live. And I had never done a live before. Believe it or not, I had never done a live before. I'm like, hmm. well, you know what? I'm pretty comfortable with this because no one's going to be there. <laughs> no mm -hmm. one knows who we are, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of how I started the podcast. And then a year in, we decided to rebrand it and actually get really now really serious about it. Hmm. And ever since then, it's been going really well. We're going to have incredible people on the show i'm so like yeah i'm just stoked by the depth and the quality and the the talent that is going to be coming on in the next cool. few months yeah cool so. nice thank you so much that was i mean that was a really amazing like movie i literally like watched the movie of your life uh, i feel and and that was that was really well really nicely told there's two things actually that i have that i want to understand better there's one one moment you said um that for you the way you did inner work changed or you understood inner work changed right. sometime in your 20s um can you like elaborate more on that a little bit like of, of what um, like because inner work is not something that's familiar a familiar term for for a, a lot of people it's fairly used in the coaching space but if you're like just you know not in that space or you right. know then you're like i don't even know what the fuck you're talking about so what right, how can right. you how can you understand how do you understand I, before and how do you understand when i talk about inner work i also include therapy in that because I, that is something that we willingly decide to go and do talk hmm. to someone right when we're having a difficult time 
I was exposed to therapists very early on in my life because of my dad uh, dying and the manner in which he died was very traumatic. He was actually executed. And I had, I had some really traumatic experiences around that whole story and how that went down and what was going down actually in the country back then, which interestingly enough, it ties back into what is happening right now in Iran. So that mm. was like the beginning of it. And this is when it, that is all getting picked up again, right? Mm. So I, I remember going to therapists as a kid, but I was very like, um, I was not, I didn't talk much. Like I went through a phase where I was just completely quiet and just holding it all inside. And, and then I feel like maybe my mom didn't feel that that was very productive or useful. And so I stopped for a while. So when I say I got reintroduced to this, you know, through my husband's illness, we ended up having to look for support because he was sick for three years. And as it became clear that he was not going to make it, he, he needed support. So through this, um, this uh, organization, nonprofit called Cancer Care, we were assigned a therapist and we're going together. And through, you know, and then, and then he ended up passing away, right? But then I was introduced to group therapies through these bereavement groups after he had passed away because they also provide you with support after the person, your loved one dies, right? And it was in, in those moments where I really, for the first time, like felt the power of, you know, like having a group of people besides you that are going through similar things because it was very specific. It was specific to people that had lost their spouses. Mm -hmm. So that was one way. And then, you know, like I also got acquainted with EMDR. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like, it's based on like the side movement of your eyes and it's used to, to disconnect you from traumatic events. They use it for PTSD. And I had some really traumatic experiences that I couldn't get past. And so I did those types of therapies. So that was, you know, and that went on for a while, right? That the, Then I had a therapist, like one-on-one. Mm -hmm. But I always say at some point, I feel personally, and like, you know, this is my personal opinion, I feel that therapy only takes you so far, right? Mm -hmm. It just becomes a rehearsal of the past at some point. And it's it can actually not be beneficial because then it just ingrains in you that identity even more, right? Hmm. Uh, but when I was reintroduced to self, like when I hit my 40s, my 40, like 40, mm -hmm. I remember, well, I don't know why that number hitting that, that, you know, that age was so meaningful to me, but it really got me to just look at my life and just take inventory and see where I was at. And I felt incredibly miserable. I felt so miserable. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the realities of your body changes after you have children, your entire life changes, you're free, you don't have your freedom the way you had before. You're like, you're entering into basically into the most important job of your life without any training, right? Mm -hmm. And you gotta figure it out. And those years are like really thick and, can be very challenging years of adjustment. 
and for me it was all of it. it was like I physically looked different I had let myself go I felt a little depressed I felt like you know like I wasn't attractive anymore I had no desire to do anything you know like I was disconnected and unhappy but it was really the moment that I walked into a bar and my um, ex and a girlfriend of mine had organized a surprise party for me and I remember looking around and I was like who are these people like who's here like I you know I, I didn't really connect to anyone that came to surprise me mm-hmm. and I know it sounds a little mean but it was a it was a really it was a moment of awakening for me and that's when I started making like a change started making a small change a friend of mine had told me about this hypnotherapy tracks that you can listen to and there was one on exercise and I really needed to hit the gym and exercise and I just was never motivated would never go so I did this hypnotherapy thing and all of a sudden now I'm going to the gym and going to the gym is like changing my body and my body changing I'm seeing myself again and like I'm gaining confidence again and I and I'm like proving to myself that I can make big changes in my life and I always say that was really the beginning of the conversation of that inner work that's not just the inner work it's a holistic type of work right because you can be you can be super balanced emotionally and intellectually and be very unhealthy physically Mm -hmm. right and that creates you know, that, that is not balanced, right? Because we're all of it. We're our bodies, we're our spirit. We're like, you know, our emotional uh, level. We're our spiritual level. Like we're all of it, right? And, and for me, the, my body changing was, the very, was probably the easiest one, right? Because all I had to do was like go to the gym. Uh, and then after that, shortly after that, I think is when I um, started doing hypnotherapy to just remove some of the trauma and the stuff that was keeping me there because I had a lot of like negative inner talk and you know things that most people actually do have but I feel like mine were pretty Hmm. very heightened you know like very uh, amplified just because of you know the life that I had been through I've been through a lot of stuff in my life Hmm. starting as a kid right yeah and so I would say doing doing hypnotherapy allowed my brain to actually now have room to let other things come in Mm. it was it was literally felt like someone took a vacuum cleaner to my brain and now i could have more like cohesive thoughts i could i could like pursue things without the constant um interruption from Mm. the chatter from the feeling down feeling good about myself um, not even trying, frankly, you know, mm. and and I think that the combination of the two things, uh, and me really like embodying more myself as a woman, and not just in this identity of a mom, just mm. a mom, right? I, like being able to break out of that and and, and like allow other parts of myself to be seen and, and to flourish, was really the you know, was the beginning of that inner work. But, you know, like, hmm. you think that you're going to do the inner work and in a month or two, it's over. But it really is. We're so layered, right? It's We're constantly working on who we are, and you know, like, at least I am, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and right. you realize that it's it's really something that's a more of a lifestyle it's a choice that you mm. make than you know than something that you just do to fix something and you're done with it because it's very easy to fall back it's very easy to fall back into old habits right mm. yeah so, yeah so when i when i think about inner work i think about all these different things i don't just think about you know i sit down in journal and do you know like, yeah you know, child work, which I did. Thanks, Shapali. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So in a meditation, actually, I would say the meditation really it was, it, it happened at the same time. I started meditating regularly every day and like made such a change. Like mm. I always say I'm smarter because of this, you know, because of hypnotherapy and meditation. Like my brain actually has much more has a greater ability to process things, to connect hmm. the dots, to show up for me, you know? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What I mean, fascinating, you know, it sounds like, I mean, uh, even listening to it now, I knew some parts of your story, but some of them are actually new to me. And uh, it sounds like you're like this uh, kind of person to whatever shit is being dropped on you, like somehow you're bouncing back, like, like, you know, yeah. I mean, in a, in a way that's like, holy fuck man i mean how did you do that you know it's like the first step comes to my mind because i'm like i right. don't even know how it faced that in the first place you know that's actually a very good point that you made because because that can be in become an identity too right ever since i was eight years old i had to bounce back from some really serious shit i experienced and seen things i haven't mentioned here because i will be talking forever but you know like that can become your identity as well that I just go through shit and I bounce back, right? And the way that I, it's the way that I was bouncing back that was going to the very bottom. Like I would let myself go to the very bottom and do things that were very unhealthy and toxic for me. Mm. And that was the way I coped, you know, like there were moments where I felt like I couldn't feel things. So I would do things to feel things like jumping off airplanes every other month, you know, like, Hmm. I'm not going to get into all the details, but like I would do things that weren't necessarily really healthy for me. Hmm. And the difference this time, so I always say the thing that truly changed my life was not even my husband dying. That was a, that was a big one, right? Like that really pivoted my life in some sense. But the, the last drop wasn't that. The last drop was my divorce. And it's not because it was the most difficult thing I've, I've faced in my life. It was just because I've, I've reached that point where not only there was no room for more, but also I could no longer just go down and be depressed and let myself go because I had two kids to take care of, right? Mm -hmm. So my go-to way of coping, which, you know, we could argue it has allowed me to survive many things, was no longer available to me. And because that wasn't available to me, then I reverted to hypnotherapy and coaching and, you know, like all the other, you know, meditation and like yoga and, you know, all of the other things that I still do today. Mm -hmm. And really, I really focus on finding a way to not be sucked back into all the mm. thinking that would drag me back into being really depressed. And I even had suicidal thoughts. I, I tried to commit suicide when I was in my teens. So, you know, like 
Mm. I've been through severe, severe depression in my life. And whenever something really big would happen, I would, I would get really, really, really depressed like that again. Mm. And this time I had these two kids that depended on me, that still depend on me. And was, that was not an option. Mm. So I always say motherhood really saved me in the end. Motherhood really is the thing that made me look at a different way of doing things. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, very deep stuff. Guys, if you're listening right now and you're driving, just stop for a second because you don't want to be driving during this kind of conversation. Um, yeah. You know, what's what's something that you're excited about nowadays? Like when you're like just switching the, the gears a little bit, because I know it's it seems it's like I think we got like really a nice picture of like, OK, uh, the Fatih that kind of grew up and then how she overcame a ridiculous amount of shit. Um, right. And I mean, like it's very it's pretty remarkable like basically from from the stories you tell like the the way you show up today i'm like this is like like how like how did you do this but also since you already shared a little bit of how you got there and this may inspire the one or the other person uh who may have been in the same situation what's what's exciting uh you know coaching is a different I mean, goes focus I, I on the future. What, yeah i think what's really exciting for me is to to just fully live my life exactly the way I want to and to help others go through this process right because there I, I spent most of my life not believing that I could change not believing that things actually I didn't think that it was about me changing I thought it was about all the things that were happening to me changing right mm -hmm. so what I'm really excited about is to share these stories with people so that they can see that even, you know, in like really tragic, you know, when even when you have really tragic, tragic moments in your life, and even when you, life is not exactly going, you know, perfectly for you, that you can change, you know, that change is actually possible, that actually what we were like thought all along that people don't change is actually bullshit. It really is. People can change, but it takes you to recognize that and to want that, right? So I'm super excited about uh, coaching people through that. I'm really excited about what we're doing with the podcast and bringing people that have been through some really serious stuff mm -hmm. and they have completely changed their lives. And now they're, they're out there teaching others how to do it, writing books, creating courses, speaking. They have their mm -hmm. own podcasts. I mean, for me, actually, I have to be honest because I, I don't often run into people that have had the amount of shit I've had happening in my life. Mm. But when I, when I interviewed a few of these people, I was like, okay, wow. You know, like, seriously, like people that have been through some serious, serious stuff in their lives and they bounce back and they completely change the narrative, the reality of their lives. So I'm excited about continuing to put this out there because at some point, eventually, everyone will pick something out from it, right? People will only listen and it will help them if they're ready to hear it, right? If they're not ready to hear it, they're just not ready to hear it. But they may pick out one or two things, right? Mm. So it's really about the impact. It's really about shifting the narrative around um, mental health, 
right? Mm. What is possible for mental health? I'm actually really excited about something else to it. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I know it's going to be controversial, but I'm very excited about psychedelic guided therapies. I've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of reading. I'm getting really involved with, you know, a couple different um, uh, organizations here in New York. I'm actually going to be bringing on a few people onto the podcast that are like in the thick of the research of it and all this stuff. And I'm really excited about that because the more I read about it, the more I learn about it, and the more I see the potential, and the more I see that that time that it takes for people to shift their lives and transform it is actually really cut down by doing it that way. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that. And I know that there's going to be, there's perceptions around it and there's, you know, not everyone's informed about what these, um, it's medicine, right? But medicines do, you know, Mm -hmm. on a, um, in a therapeutic setting, but you know, like there's so much information out there actually nowadays because it's about to just become more and more mainstream because there's so much activism behind it. So I'm really, really excited about that because I have personally witnessed that with people that had, you know, severe uh, trauma. I've mm. seen how it works and it's, it's remarkable. I mean, we could, we, you could do it through coaching for years or you could do it with that with one or two sessions. That's right. the difference. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Well, I mean, uh, and that was something that I found that was very, very interesting because it's... Uh, uh, you know, there is there's usually two sides to the coin I've seen on on the right. discussion of psychedelics. It's either fear, fear based right. of like I have not tried this. Sounds like I'm losing control of my shit, or right. I don't know if I can actually handle it. And the other right. side is like I've done it. I've kind of you know uh, done it a couple of times, so I feel confident with it. And I actually, I. I don't know why not everybody's doing it so it's like i always see like these two two sides of the coin where like you know and then both groups are like i don't understand why right. and it's it's really cool to 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 hear that uh you know this is because therapy in, in one sense is something that's very established in society as a mental mm-hmm. health pr- practice right it's it's kind of it's to be very unfair like it's actually very similar to coaching but because of its regulations and stuff it is fairly tr- much more trusted as a profession actually right? right and um right. and so it's easier to introduce anything to it and if if yeah uh, what you say uh makes that possible uh to to do it even more impactful than how, how amazing is that uh and right. and to do it in a safe container where people feel like even if people feel like oh shit i am afraid of it uh, they can still do it uh and i mean holy shit i mean sign me up like i'll be, I'll be right. totally yeah, down to take that program right and that's the thing it is very controlled so there's different you know i'm, I'm learning a lot about this world but there's different containers right there's the more cl- clinical one where it's like super controlled right and then there's a whole world you know behind the scenes of people that have been doing psychedelic guided therapies with integration now uh, and when I say integration, I mean, you know, after the experience, when, when the person now is realizing all these different things about themselves and connecting dots uh, of oftentimes things that were really, really repressed deep down that they hadn't seen for a long time, right? Now they're connecting the dots. What, what was missing because it, they were illegal, right? What was missing was this, what am I going to do with it now? Right. Mm. And I I've even like heard people say, well, I'm not going to talk to my therapist about this because there was some shame around it. 
due mm. to social conditioning, right? And now that it's becoming more mainstream and people are talking more about it, and there's also more stuff being offered in terms of providing integration afterwards. So now that let's integrate this and then let's see what, what you can do now to completely, in your actual life, shift this, right? Because mm. another thing that can happen is people can become uh, psychologically dependent on it, mm. right? Meaning I have this experience, I realize all this stuff and I feel like I figured out my life Then I'm no longer under the influence of the medicine. And now I, I'm back to myself. My brain is back to like the negative chatter and all this stuff. And I don't know how to change it. So wow. I have a high for a week or two. Mm. And then I need to go back to the experience because I don't quite know how to change my life. Right. And that's where the actual, you know, inner work and the, you know, integration part becomes really crucial. It helps it be that, you know, tool of true tool of transformation, not just like a moment where you see things differently, because that can become a little bypassy too. Mm -hmm.